Welcome back, listeners. We're going to do the conclusion interview, as you may well know. And in these interviews, we'll be taking a look back at the games that we just played in and take a deeper look into some of the game systems and the homebrewed worlds, not necessarily for this one, but you know, that we had the opportunity to enjoy, as well as talking about some of the post-game thoughts and having some time, maybe, for some GM advice. I'm back with Cinda from She's a Super Geek, but maybe she'll tell you about the other things soon <laughs> enough. And I just want to thank you from the Block Party Podcast Network for running this game on the GM Showcase because it was awesome. And like I said, I know I had a great time and there was a lot of laughter. I mean, as much laughter is in the recording, there's probably that much or more that I had to cut out because <laughs> there was just that much laughing. Uh, that tend to ha- tends to happen with my games sometimes, but thank you so much for having me on. It was great to come on and run it for you. So we, we got a couple post-game questions for you. The one that I wanted to talk about is what about this setting draws you to it? Because I know you've said that you've ran this several times as well as played in it. And that's not necessarily a common thing for, I would say, this industry. It's rare that people come back to that same exact same well. So just trying to figure out what do you love about this? Well, there's two parts to that. And one part is also that I'm lazy. <laughs> hey um, so there's something um, to be said for that because I do tend to set up one shots that I know how to run and I go to a lot of conventions and I do run a lot of games and I, I don't run new games every time. So I do actually rerun a lot of the same scenarios for my one shots. So it's not too crazy for me to run something again. So the first time I played this game, I actually, it was run for me by Phil Vecchion, who is my co-host on another podcast. It was a First time I ever met him. And he's one of the uh, gentlemen who actually wrote the Fate conversion for Part-Time Gods of Fate. And it was a fantastic game. And I really like the brilliant balance that Third Eye did with the setting where you're trying to balance your humanity versus your divinity. I find the kind of the tug of war of both those commitments to be really fascinating. I'm not always into playing like modern present day games, but that tension in that particular game, I find very attractive like social tension, right? And I think it definitely presents itself well in the game that we played. And it is an interesting thing to see and try and really wrap your mind around like the things that are so common to us as people. You know, I mean, with Suzanne's character is a perfect example and Pilar calling her and the necessity that she feels to try and handle that while trying to save the world um, right. was probably one of my favorite examples of that specifically. Yeah, and that's that's actually one of my favorite of just of the of the pre-generated characters that go with that particular adventure. That relationship is one of my favorite ones to mess with because it's a it's very much a sister thing where it's like, you know, oh no, it's fine. I'm just out with these crazy people and they're like, don't worry about me. And that always, always makes Pen go, must save sister. Yes. So speaking of kind of playing off of that being your favorite character, I know that when we were setting up the game, there was a character that you had as off limits for us because it would break the game. And I'm interested to kind of dig a little bit more into why you feel that about that specific character. Yeah, I think it's a good perspective as someone that's played this specific one several times, you know, on both sides of the proverbial screen as to what you feel as the GM makes that character. I don't know. I don't know if it's like he's a munchkin or just. No, he's problematic because he's a lone wolf character. 
Mm. So you drop a lone wolf character into a party in a one shot and it just, I mean, it just, it doesn't usually go well. I mean, you inevitably end up with either like inter-party fighting or a split party the moment anyone plays that correctly at all. And I just don't find that conducive to a cooperative table and like everybody being involved in the scenario in the same way. And it's hard sometimes in a one shot when you have a limited amount of time to split that time really effectively between parties going off in different directions. I mean, he's a cool character, but I would say he's not conducive to party unity. (laughs) Is what I would say. So that's, that's, that's why, that's why I'm like, eh, don't play that guy. Like, eh, let's just make life easy and not play him. Well, no, I'm with you. And even from looking at the group we had, and I mean, you almost have to have a decent level of player buy-in to the fact that you guys are quote unquote a pantheon because I mean, you know, and so our group is the example. I'm a homeless, familyless, sad, hungry man. Uh And the next one is really depressing story. (laughs) Yeah. Like over the top kind of chauvinistic, egotistical, I'm going to be president Uh and uh, go with the flow hopefully the flow of alcohol um, (laughs) person, the the parties where it's at, or (laughs) then the flip side, you have this emotional Kurt Cobain-esque character. And the fact that we work together at all. Yeah. You do have to have some buy-in that like, no, so this is your area. And so you guys work together. Yeah. Done. Have you had any experience with like player conflict just because the characters are written so differently? Um, not actually in this game. I mean, because it's up front that, uh, I mean, you're a pantheon and there's just an yeah. acceptance. I know that there was just an acceptance on our part that like, we all understand that we kind of got to save you. the world together. Like, exactly. we don't, we don't have, it's like your work, it's like your work buddies kind of like, right, we like, don't, we don't that, have to hang out outside of work, but we at least need to respect each other. Yeah. So it, it's, it's always been something where presenting it up front, it's never been an issue to me. <laughs> it's just yeah. gone. Awesome. Then what do you think was your favorite moment from the game? I think it was uh, taking a goblin to the knee. Yes. I think because that was a a good aspect. (laughs) That was a good advantage. I liked it. (laughs) And it was funny. (laughs) The second that goblin came up, I was just hoping and hoping and hoping. Oh, yeah. It was good. (laughs) Here, little buddy, get in my hand. Everything will be fine for you. (laughs) Awesome. So I know you had mentioned that you've ran this or run things at conventions. Do you have kind of using this as a a guide, if you will, do you have any advice on running games at conventions? I know you said that part of it is because you're lazy, but I mean, uh, yeah, it is. (laughs) Last time I checked, I can Google the lazy DM and like that's a whole thing. So and Mike Shea is awesome. Is this, I'm going to plug something here because Neil, I got a whole podcast now about running one shots in, uh, so there's a lot of convention advice in there too, but um, Uh there's, there's a couple of things that I would say about running for conventions. And I think in terms of this game, so one of the things is making sure that the people at your table know upfront 
kind of a reason to work together. That's really key to me because I don't like splitting the party at convention tables because it, it's problematic in terms of time. And then the other thing that I would say is um, one shots, whether they're at conventions or not, they're temporary. So whether I'm playing a one shot or whether I'm running a one shot, there's no long term commitment to these characters or these locations or anything like that staying like this permanently. So it's really an opportunity to, you know, just go crazy and say yes to everything. Because you're not stuck with any of the repercussions of saying, oh, sure, you know, I don't think I really said anything y yes to anything that was super crazy in this game. But there are definitely games where I do. So like a perfect example of that is allowing some of the aspects that we had. Sure. Well, but that's just me running fate. Like no, no, I know. But but I think that's a great example is like, sure, that's how it works. Like that could probably like if we were running a long term campaign, right. come back around. But then like, nah, it's, that's how it works. Yeah. If I had to commit to things continuing to work like that in a more permanent or long term game, it might change some of my rulings sometimes. I really like running one shots because to me, they're super loose and I can just say yes and to just about everything. That's my favorite part. <laughs> so I do run a lot of convention games. I run a lot of one shots. I mean, obviously, I run a lot of one shots. I run a lot of one shots on She's a Super Geek. That's yep. where I've <laughs> fallen absolutely in love with them. And I love running convention games and I love playing convention games. And sometimes I'm going to play a campaign again but I'm not in one right now and I haven't honestly been in one for a couple of years so it's really all been one shots for oh, me wow. <laughs> so I know you had mentioned it earlier but now's the time where can people <laughs> find you on the internet because if you tell them where to find you in the real world that's probably a bad call that's a little so, creepy right just the so internet just the internet. Well, you can find me on She's a Super Geek, which releases every other Tuesday. And we do play a ton of cool little indie games. We like to showcase things that are um, not getting played all over the place or things that we really like that are getting played all over the place. You know, whichever. And you can also find me on Panda's Talking Games, which releases on the Misdirected Mark Network every Monday. And on that show, we talk about, Phil Vecchione and I talk about one shots versus campaigns. So we take listener questions and we just answer them from those perspectives. And then you can also find me writing the occasional article on Gnome Stew. If you want to chat with me, I spend most of my time on Twitter and my Twitter handle is uh, very difficult. So it's I-D-E-L-L-A-M-I-T-H-L-Y-N-N-D. Or you can just find one of those podcasts on there and it'll link to it. Because <laughs> I know it's hard to spell. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> you can find Sasgeek Podcast. That one's easy. Or Pandas Talk Games. That one's easy too. <laughs> I like those. They're much more straightforward. <laughs> You should go follow them. Everyone, go. Go now. Thanks. <laughs> so with that, do you have any last words of advice to give to other GMs? Yeah, run one shots because they're temporary, so they're more fun. I'm with you. <laughs> Even if you run a campaign, break it up. This yes. Is, that's, that's my own personal piece, uh, and it's something I do. And often I will ask someone else at the table to run that, to give me a break. Yes. And with that, I just want to thank you again, Cinda of She's a Super Geek. Panda's Talking. Yep. What? Panda's Talking Games. That's right. Panda's Talking Games and the wonderful Gnome Stew, who has won yet another innie. And you should go check them out and all the things that they do. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Blockheads, that's another GM showcase in the can. If you liked what you heard here, you can head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. 
as that is the easiest way to help support us and get us in front of more listeners. And I just want to give a special shout out to my nickname is KNH for giving us a five star review. If you want to send us an email and give us any suggestions or questions you might have, you can do so at the GM showcase at gmail.com. If you want to follow the Twitter, it is at GM underscore showcase. If you see fit to support us even more, you can check out our Patreon info in the show notes. And since we're here, you can check out other podcasts on the wonderful Block Party Podcast Network like Dungeon Master's Block, Story Arc, and the newest edition, We're So Bad at Adventuring. Thanks again, Blockheads, and hopefully we will see you soon.